Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. Welcome to You Beauty, the podcast for your face. I'm Shazzy Hunt, and this episode is all about those common hair mistakes you might be making without even realizing it. Today, I'm joined by Janice McNicholas, the head of training at Pierre Fab Australia, which is the company home to brands like Cloran and Avin. Janice, welcome to the UBD podcast. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. So we all have very different hair types, but are there any general signs that could indicate to you that maybe some of your everyday hair habits are not doing you any favours? We have uh, quite a few different signs, but I think it's really important to understand the different factors that can actually influence your hair types. And I think this would also avoid those bad hair days. So it's really important to understand your hair's density, diameter, porosity, and also hair shape. Let's spin this around for a second. What are the traits of hair that is healthy and optimally cared for? That all depends to me on look and feel. So that's really determined by, you know, the hair being soft to the touch, shiny, smooth appearance, and the optimum health has the ability of hair to reflect light. It also has really good elasticity, and it's only going to shed a few hairs a day. So the normal is between 100 to 150. Hair that detangles easily when combed, this is really important when we go into summer and we have humidity, it shouldn't make our hair feel very, very frizzy. Healthy hair definitely starts with a healthy scalp and that's also important to make sure that we're not neglecting that too. So that's the hashtag hair goals that we're aiming for. To get there, we need to kind of avoid those common hair mistake pitfalls. And are there a surprising number of ways things can go wrong? For sure, it does. It really all uh, starts off with getting the fundamentals right, you know, using wrong products for your hair For example, using dry hair products on an oily scalp and dry mid-lengths and ends will only exacerbate that oily scalp concern. So for me, healthy hair starts with a healthy scalp and it's imperative to work out what is the best shampoo for my scalp type. Is my scalp oily? Is it dry? I would choose a shampoo based on those factors. So um, really making sure that an oily scalp is when we have too much oil or sebum secretion and a dry scalp is when the scalp feels tight with signs of flakes. So let's start right there. That is the first mistake people kind of make with their hair is using the wrong shampoo and conditioner for their hair type. Why is it so bad to use the wrong one? So what we'll actually find, if we tend to use a dry shampoo for someone who has an oily scalp, it's actually going to add a lot of moisture or a lot of oil into the scalp and it's actually going to make the scalp even more oily. So you really want to make sure that you're getting the scalp condition correct straight off the bat. If the scalp is considered normal, then I would actually base my correct shampoo 
based on concern. So, for example, level of sensitivity, I might want to do a deep cleanse to remove any product buildup. You know, maybe my hair is thinning, I want to add more volume, color treated, etc. So it's really important to get the right shampoo for the scalp and then take a conditioner based on concerns such as if the hair was dry. Do they have to be the same brand, the same two shampoo and conditioners that go together? I believe that should be the case because your shampoo is really designed to um, open up the cuticle, remove any uh, buildup or any excess sebum, etc., and the conditioner will close it. And also, they should have a physiological pH, and that way the two products will work hand in hand. That is ideal, the best way. However, I think it's also based on personal preference. A lot of people will be creatures of habit and they like to use the same thing. It is really good to mix it up, but I would definitely recommend to stick with one brand in using both shampoo and conditioner. Let's go on to another hair mistake to do with washing, and that's incorrect washing application and technique. Where do people go wrong when they're lathering, rinsing, and repeating? This is one of my favorite topics. <laughs> I love asking people how they shampoo hair. It's really important to not use too much. I would recommend a 10 cent piece into my hands, first of all, and emulsify. The product. So first of all, we're going to get into the shower or wherever you like to wash your hair, wet the hair, and then basically apply a 10 cent piece of shampoo into the hands and emulsify it into the hands really, really well. And by emulsify, you mean rub them rub together. together. Rub 10 cents doesn't seem like enough to no. me. Like I'm <laughs> big, big squeeze normally. <laughs> yeah. Or you'll get, you know, you'll put some into the hand and then put it on one side and squeeze out a little bit more shampoo on the other and give it a really good scrub. I would suggest a different way of doing it. So emulsify, as you correctly mentioned, is really to apply the product, warm it up into the hands, vigorously rubbing your hands together. And you can actually distribute the product using your fingers. So the best way is to start at the nape. So start at the back and keep the most of the product onto your palms, rub the product together and distribute the product with the fingers. And I would actually rake my hands from the nape, coming back to my hands again to emulsify, mix up the products a little bit more, and then apply it into the back of the obstetrical bone, come back to the hands, rub it a little bit more up to the crown and so forth, all the way up to the front of your forehead. And then you can start at the back using your fingers in a circular massage, moving from the nape up to the forehead, making sure that your fingers are kind of arched and that's the way I would shampoo hair. So a real light massage technique, no vigorous scrubbing. The last thing you want to do if your scalp is oily is to give the scalp a good scrub because it actually stimulates the sebaceous glands to produce more oil, something that you want to avoid. And then talk to me about rinsing it off and then moving on to conditioner. Sure. So then I would completely rinse that out and I would apply my conditioner in a very similar manner. A lot of people will say one or two shampoos. Again, I think it's based on your scalp type and how often you washed last. So, you know, if you were washing maybe every two to three days, you could use two shampoos. If you're washing every day, one would be enough. I would rinse off the shampoo and then I like to towel dry my hair and then apply the conditioner. If we don't have time for that, then you can apply the conditioner onto the actual hair strands 
in the same method. So applying it into your palms, emulsifying, so warming the hands together with the conditioner and then milking the product through from the mid lengths to the ends of the hair. And that really involves almost smoothing the hair out with your fingers just to make sure that that conditioner is distributed really, really well. I would be a little bit careful of combing the hair when it is wet. This is really when the hair is its most fragile and it can actually break at that point. So be very careful. Use a wide tooth comb or a tangle teaser is also really, really good. Milking that product through, leaving it in for the desired time. Normally, I'd say two to three minutes and then we can rinse it out. Wet hair, that's another area where people often go wrong. You mentioned handling it very carefully, wide tooth combs only. Is there anywhere else things can go awry with wet hair, whether it's washing, brushing, or even drying it? I would recommend not to be going from wet hair to blow drying it straight away. I would tend to blot out all the moisture first of all, and really making sure that uh, when drying the hair, you are using a proper hair technique, which is really, really important, using a heat protectant and really starting off turning the head upside down, removing 70, 80% of the moisture from the hair with the hairdryer and then sectioning the hair with a sectioning clip and moving that hairdryer from roots to the ends using a beautiful paddle brush or a cylindrical anionic brush is really, really important. It is important to really look after your hair. Don't be going to bed with wet hair. It can also lead to damage due to the amount of tossing and turning. I would also try and avoid tying up wet hair tight on top of the hair to go to sleep. Consider drying your hair first or putting it into a loose twist if your hair is super long. The combination of water and also warmth can actually increase rapid growth of bacteria. The warmth from your hair will actually make the pillow damp, and this is a perfect breeding ground for harmful bacteria and mold. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. The next mistake I wanted to ask about is incorrect use of dry shampoo, which may come as a surprise because dry shampoo seems one of those foolproof products that you cannot go wrong with. But what are some of the ways that people are using it incorrectly? This product isn't going to replace a wet shampoo. It's designed to give you a little bit of extra time, especially we're in lockdown at the moment and you want to be Zoom ready pretty quick. You can use a dry shampoo to get that hair looking great and making you feel a lot better. And it will also remove odors too. But uh, in terms of wrong application, I find people tend to spray the product too close to the scalp and it leaves this lovely white look. Guilty, putting my hand up. So what is the ideal distance then? We recommend 15 centimetres away from the scalp. So you give the spray a good shake, spray it directly into the root 15 centimetres away and you don't touch it for at least two minutes. So don't touch your hair for two minutes. So it can actually give the opportunity for those ingredients to really absorb, to mop up that excess oil. So it's really, really important that uh, we do wait two minutes before 
brushing the hair to remove the residue or you can blow dry it in. Is there such thing as too much dry shampoo? How do you know you've tipped over and you have overused your dry shampoo? I have to say I am guilty of that. But I think, you know, if you're using that product every single day, you do need to clarify the scalp every now and then because sometimes we can tend to get a buildup and you can feel it feels like powder onto your scalp. And what I would suggest as a self-care tip is to clarify protect and also to refresh your scalp using a clarifying shampoo, which will deeply cleanse, remove impurities and product buildup. Frankly, I'm still rocked about the two minutes waiting time after spraying because you can guarantee I'm spraying it and then straight away going in with the hair and going trying to work it in. So if you only take one tip away from today's conversation, <laughs> it is, of course it needs time to absorb the oil. Why am I putting my hand there straight away? My hand's got oil all over it too. It's just making my hair more oily. <laughs> and also have a think about, you know, your scalp is an extension of your face. And we have the majority of sebaceous glands, which run through the T-zone. And that section, or from your chin all the way up to the forehead, doesn't stop at the forehead. It actually moves all the way through to the back of the occipital bone. So really start concentrating where you're spraying your dry shampoo along that area on top of the scalp all the way down to the occipital areas. And men have more sebaceous glands than women. So if, if you're a guy and you are going to be using your dry shampoo, then uh, you know you can really concentrate in that front area moving through to the occipital bone in the back. Let's move on to brushes. Is using the wrong type of brush something that causes your hair some woe? I feel that the size and shape of the brush should be based on the hair length. Ionic round brushes can also help provide some volume and body. And a paddle brush is great for long hair for more of a straighter, sleeker result. I like a lightweight brush with a good handle. You want something, you know, that's maybe more natural or bristle is always very, very good. And also when you are brushing the hair, make sure that you brush the hair in the same direction that you're going to blow dry. And please always use a nozzle when using a hairdryer. This will actually help focus the air onto those sections as you pull the hair straight. It'll give a much smoother result. For maximum amount of volume, the brush needs to be close to the root. Redirect the brush with the hairdryer in a circular motion and go over the same section a few times to help prevent frizz. Moving on to heat styling and the mistake of not using a heat protectant. And this is an interesting one because unlike some of the other mistakes that, you know, you might be making without even realizing it, this is the kind of mistake that people knowingly make, you know, because they can't find a heat protectant because they've run out of heat protectant or they're just too rushed and can't be bothered. Tell us why it is oh so bad to skip out on heat protectant. It will actually fry the hair fiber. It'll melt it. So you really need to use something that's going to protect the hair from styling appliances, especially if you tend to use them quite often. It's important to find a nice leave-in cream or a heat protectant for those mid-lens and ends, especially if you tend to use a hairdryer often or a curling wand or a straightening iron. Because, you know, you can actually see sometimes when you are using a hairdryer, you can actually see the amount of steam that is actually coming off the hair. And, and again, it kind of also goes back to porosity and understanding the porosity of your hair because 
you will actually find that people who have very high porosity find their hair dries very, very quickly. And then once it's dry, the hair doesn't feel very nourished or hydrated. And with this type of hair type, it's really important to really reduce the amount of uh, heating appliances that will further dry out your hair and look for more hydrating hair joices that can give your hair plenty of moisture. Let's look at today's listener question, which comes over email from Mel. I have very fine hair and a lot of it, and it often takes ages to dry in winter. I used to have a $10 hair dryer from the supermarket and it would leave my hair really frizzy and weird. Is this because it's a cheapy hair dryer or because I was doing it wrong? We're talking about hair mistakes today. And the question from Mel then basically, is a budget hair dryer a mistake to use? Mel, thank you for reaching out. It sounds like your hair has low porosity. Water, which uh, normally sits on the exterior of the hair strand and it doesn't get absorbed. You may find that when you're blow drying your hair, there seems to be a lot of steam. And I would apply a deep treatment to your hair, milking it through in sections. Rinse and towel dry your hair and add your heat protectant. Turn your head upside down and redirect the root area, providing the volume and also removing moisture. I'd suggest using a round barrel ionic brush and also smooth your hair with your hairdryer that has a nozzle. Go over your section a few times to make sure all the moisture is removed. And when you feel the moisture has all gone, my tip is to go back over it again. I don't tend to blame the tools. I just think there's different ways of working and just making sure that your hairdryer does, in fact, have a nozzle. Try with those little tips and see if that helps. Otherwise, have a look and see if maybe you want to find another hairdryer if you're feeling that that is the concern. But I, I would actually try that first. We wrap up every episode of You Beauty with a myth for our expert to confirm or deny. So here's yours. You should brush your hair 100 times per day. So the old Marsha Brady approach to hair brushing, is that true or false? I'm going to say false. This can actually cause excessive friction, which can actually lead to breakage and hair fall. So brushing has many benefits for both your scalp and your hair. It's going to stimulate your blood flow to the scalp, which helps healthy hair growth. It also brings oil from your scalp to your hair, which is beneficial to the hair, but excessively which 100 times a day is pretty excessive, can actually cause more harm than good. What is the correct technique then as far as brushing? Get yourself a good brush, start at the mid-lengths and ends, and work your way up to the top. And no need to count the strokes. No need to count the strokes. You can just (laughs) apply it onto the hair, have a look, see if you can run your fingers through it without it tangling. That's enough. Janice, thanks for joining us on the UBD podcast to help us kick those bad hair habits to the curb. Thank you so much for having me. It was really awesome. Thank you. This episode was produced by Gia Moylan. I'm Shazzy Hunt, and I'll be back next week with another expert in the hot seat. And remember, a new episode of You Beauty drops every single weekday, so there's five new episodes each week for your listening pleasure. Speak to you next time.